do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay, it's a bay watch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, Morgan, this is season three, episode three, Tequila Bay. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit mad it wasn't called Tequila Baywatch. Yeah, that would be funny and witty, wouldn't it? Yep. What if... No, that was a stupid idea. I'm going to ditch that and go into the next thing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it should have been called Tequila Baywatch. I think that would have been really funny. Um, but that might have taken away from the episode itself, which mm-hmm. we might have some thoughts about. Or there may be no podcast this week. Who knows? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is season three, episode three, Tequila Bay, written by David Braff. Again, no relation to Zach. And directed by a name I quite love, Lyndon Chubbuck. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good name. Lyndon Chubbuck. Uh, it's not <laughs> Chet, it's Chubb, which makes it even better because he's a Chubb Buck. Uh, and he directed a bunch of schlocky films like 1996's Naked Souls with Pam Anderson, where an artist tries to rescue her scientist boyfriend who has switched bodies with an evil elderly genius. Interesting. Huh. Or The Right Temptation from 2000 with Kiefer Sutherland, Dana Delaney, Adam Baldwin, and Neil Flynn, who you may know as the janitor from Scrubs. And oh. It's about a detective who falls for the man she is supposed to investigate. Interesting. Yep. Uh, anyways, this episode aired on September 27th, 1992. Uh, there are no guest stars we're talking about uh and they won't listen to this episode so they can't fight me on that so (laughs) let's talk about series regulars who are joining us Mm -hmm. so first new to the cast is kelly slater who plays jimmy slade morgan have you ever heard of kelly slater before the name sounds very familiar to me uh i mean yeah he was really popular in like our age bracket uh in terms of like video games for a bit because there was a point where, oh. like, every good person at sports had their own video game, right? So, mm. Griffey, Sean White, Tony Hawk. Sure. You know, and so did Kelly Slater. Uh, but I don't think the Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, uh, you know, should really exist on the same level as Kelly Slater Surfing. Because I feel like that's not as good of a game game just in concept <laughs> i don't know but he is in tony hot pro skater 3 actually and he uses a board oh. instead of skateboard uh, nice but anyways kelly Slater sounds very tubular uh, well luckily i will have <laughs> later for you this episode some surfer lingo um Ooh. but kelly slater is the Wayne Gretzky of of surfing. He is the Sean oh, okay. White of surfing, the Tony Hawk of surfing, but better. He is considered the greatest pro surfer of all time. He won 11 wow. surfing championships, and so he's just insanely good. He's also in a band with two other surfers. Can you guess what that band is called? Uh, surf's Up. No, no, think dumber. Um... Hang 10. Dumber. Uh, Surfing USA. Dumber. Oh, no. Um, 
three surfers in a band. Uh, better than that, <laughs> but still dumb. It's called... I don't know. It's called The Surfers. Well, I mean, I'm not as far off as I wish I was. Yep. Uh, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. However, he does seem like a good person. He's hmm. fundraises for suicide prevention awareness. And oh, cool. He surfed in an event, which I don't like the name of this, but I like the cause, which is Surfers Against Suicide. It's, yeah. it's a weird it's a weird name event. Yeah. Uh, he's also really into environmental awareness. He's done a lot of environmental awareness nice. charities and such. Uh, he's also done some acting over the years, but mostly everything he's done is about surfing. Um, he's not that checks out. He's not that good of an actor as you will no. see um, from watching this. Now, next up, we have Alexandra Paul, who plays Stephanie Holden, who is best known for Baywatch. But mm. also the films Dragnet and Eight Million Ways to Die. But she also okay. even plays a character called Holden in Sharknado 4. Ooh. Oh. So you may know her as Dr. Susan Foxley in Disaster Zone, Volcano in New York. Uh, which I don't, but I want to. It's Someone does some experiments which opens a, mag- a magma reserve under Manhattan. I mean, that sounds beautiful. She's also a movie you may know her from in Murder.com. Oh, I I don't know it. A movie where Alexandra Paul plays Stacy, a lawyer who gets a phone call telling her that her sister has been murdered. She then returns to the area where she was raised and where her sister was killed and keeps meeting various people who she knew in the past. She later finds out her sister has been advertising herself on adult dating sites. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, I love that I can say therefore to that. With the yep. help of her friend Lauren, she decides to do the same thing to see if she can find out who the killer is. Weird. It starts what? her, David Chokashi from Baywatch, and mm-hmm. Robin Lively, a.k.a. the Teen Witch. Oh. Yeah. So, Have you seen who the director of this film is? No. That would be a man named Rex Piano. <laughs> That can't be real, can it? I have no idea, but he has done uh, a lot of movies, and all of them look like, you know, roughly what you would expect from this one. From Murder.com? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you about something else, Morgan. Another movie Andrew's, Alexandra Paul was in. Uh, okay. It's also in a movie called TheBrainiacs.com. Oh, no. Which is not at all related to Murder.com. In fact, TheBrainiacs.com is a PG movie. Um which is funnier. So when a yeah. boy decides his father is spending too much time at work, he starts his own company and ends up buying a controlling interest in his father's company. Uh, she doesn't star in this, huh. but it does feature her and Dom DeLuise for some reason. And wow. this movie was written by the same guy who wrote Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain starring Hulk Hogan. Hell yes. So I kind of want to see it. All right, the other movie we do need to watch, another one from Rex Piano, is <laughs> is Elf Bowling the Movie, The Great North Pole Elf Strike. <laughs> Wait, is that animated? It's a CGI animated movie based on Elf Bowling, the bowling video game in from 1998. I've never heard of uh, Elf Bowling, the video game. What? <laughs> what? Well, according to this, it was released on the Nintendo DS and Game Boy Advanced. 
uh, later and received negative reviews. So I like the idea that Rex Piano himself wrote it. Like, in my mind, he played Elf Bowling and went, there's so much deep lore. (laughs) That's what it seems like, yes. Uh... So, Rex Piano, get in touch with us. Give us free copies of the movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Give you a shout-out on our podcast, I guess. Sure. Anyways, more about Alexander Paul. So, mm-hmm. apparently of the main cast, she was the strongest swimmer, uh, besides Numi, because he doesn't count as main cast. Uh, right. She's done multiple marathons. She's done 14-mile swims. Uh, wow. crazy. Uh but another thing I'd like to tell you about is that Alexander Paul is quite the criminal record. Oh. Uh, like, a very deep criminal record. Uh, so let's go over this. So Okay. She was arrested for civil disobedience 12 times at the Nevada nuclear test site between 87 and 2000, uh, marching for nuclear disarmament. Hell yeah. She was arrested in 1989 for peacefully advocating for HIV awareness. Hell yeah. Arrested twice in 2003 for civil disobedience protesting the Iraq war, and then spent five days in jail for refusing to pay the $50 fine. Good. She was arrested for protesting the crushing of the General Motors EV1, and then performed 100 hours of community service for electric car companies. Wow. There's more. That's an obscure one I was not expecting. There's more. She was arrested in 2017 for joining a sit-in at a California slaughterhouse. Arrested in 2018 for civil disobedience at a chicken farm. Arrested in 2019 for peacefully protesting a duck farm and then spent two days in jail. And then, most recently, in September 2020, she was arrested for trying to rescue a pig from a slaughterhouse. Huh. Uh, Also, her brother has also been in prison. Uh, He spent 51 months in prison for burning down a slaughterhouse. Wow. Yeah, so she's uh, pretty politically active. Uh, no kidding. She's she's pretty left. Uh, yeah. And just, she was also named like 2014 Vegan of the Year or something like that. So her and Pam Anderson are probably good friends, unlike in next episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's all I have to say. So... And this this episode, I think I, I personally have a lot to say about this episode. Um, so, Morgan, take us in. Yeah. So we start off with a nice shot of some of a uh, hashtag van life influencer uh, going surfing at sunset. Uh, this will turn out to be Slade later. Jimmy Slade, not oh. like Slade from Teen Titans, who's like trying to torture Robin. It's a deep cut. Uh, this is Jimmy Slade, who's much mm-hmm. less demonic. Actually, Jimmy Slade could be demonic. Yeah. He's probably demonic, right? He looks... He's got... The, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's got the, 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 the freckles of the of a demon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it's time for us to go to headquarters, well, where Mitch is reading the new rules of what counts as a string bikini, and everyone is jeering about it. Morgan. And... Boy, did I hate this. Morgan, would you please read this? Uh, I like this. I don't know. Uh, Mitch, the definition of buttocks is as follows. The protuberance at the rear of the human body from the uppermost cleavage of the nates. Numi, what are nates? CJ, these are nates. CJ slaps Numi's ass. Numi, whoa. 
Mitch, to the lowermost curvature of said perturbance, are we all clear on that? All. No. Mitch, if you see any portion of skin fitting that description, Ben, contact Mitch immediately. Mitch, no, it's a $50 fine. I don't hate this portion of the exchange. I hated that as soon as he said the word string bikini, you hear a bunch of like, ooh, and like general jeering in the background. And I was like, did we really need this scene? Yeah, No, I didn't like the part where because they're like all in favor, say I. And then a bunch of dudes just shout I. And I was like, yeah, now like calm down, horn dogs. But I like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like this part because it's funny and just like. It already feels like there's a little bit more character to the writing. Um, yeah. Season. Uh, just like even just in that alone, it's just like, oh, wow. Like everybody's kind of buddy, buddy. OK, that's like I mean, they had mm-hmm. some of that before, but it's mostly like everyone's like, oh, yeah, Eddie and Shawnee are the kind of guys I want to go for a drink with. Not like your weird, like inside jokes you have at work where everyone's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Look at Sam over there. Am I right? Oh, what a Sam. You know what I mean? mean? Yeah, totally. Um, Though I would argue that this is less buddy-buddy and more buttocks-buttocks. More Nate on Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But we also learn that a new captain is coming to take over from Mitch so he can spend more time on the beach. Uh, and Ben and Summer get paired off to learn how to slay the octopus, if you know what I mean. He says, I'm going to um, show you how to wrestle an octopus. And that's what it was. That made yeah. me crack up because I was like, what, old man? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like you, you find out what this means later, which I think is really good that they bring it back later. But uh, I agree. It, it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, Ben, shut up. <laughs> you know? Um, another thing yeah. to note here is that they keep on talking about this new person coming, and they're like, who is he? He mm-hmm. must be really good. Who is he? And they keep on, like, mm-hmm. creating he, and you're like, it's going to be a woman, clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very obvious. Yeah. Um, but Matt gets assigned to surf Tequila Bay so that he can watch out for the gang of surf- surfers who are taking over the beach and not letting anyone else surf there. Is he supposed to be undercover? I think so. That was what I interpreted from it. Hi. Or at least not advertise that he's a lifeguard. Yeah, it, the idea of going undercover as not a lifeguard seems pretty easy, all things considered, you know? Right? Like, it's like the easiest <laughs> job to be like, hey, just don't be a lifeguard out there. Okay. Just yeah. Easy. It's like asking, it's like <laughs> me asking you, hey, Morgan, um, I want you to go to the grocery store and not be a software developer. And you're like, okay. <laughs> easy. Right? <laughs> um, but after this, we see Matt and CJ heading towards Tequila Bay. And Matt wants to drive the wait, boat, wait, but sorry, CJ sorry. won't let him. For that, uh, there was a line mm-hmm. here. I want—I don't know if this is a reference to something, and I wanted you to tell me if you knew. CJ tells okay. Matt, just don't let them play pinochle on your snout. Yeah, I was very confused by that as well. It did make CJ seem like she might be 90 years old. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, look, what, uh, spoilers, I really like CJ as a character. Uh, I do, too. Uh, which... Is shocking because I expected just be like I'm gonna fucking hate Pamela Anderson and I'm like no I dig it she's great uh, but this, yeah. this line I'm just like 
who who wrote like is are we supposed to get this? Like I try to look up pinochle and pigs, pinochle and snakes, pinochle and worms, pinochle and tequila, <laughs> pinochle Mexico, and I found nothing. And I'm like, what is this? What does this mean? Like, is this a? Uh, as, yeah, you know I don't know idioms, so I was like, "Is this like an yeah. an idiom I don't get?" Like, no, I think it's just nothing. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually Matt and CJ make it over to Tequila Bay and they find the Surf Gang. Oh, Morgan, and I had to interrupt you one more time. Okay, There's another important character moment here. Sure. Where, uh, so CJ, as you mentioned, won't let Matt drive because he's young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a young boy. Uh, kind of like... When he was a young boy, CJ said you can't drive the boat yet. Do you miss thing more? No. No, that's okay. that's all I've got. Oh, I liked it. I liked it while it lasted. <laughs> um, uh, he's a young boy. Uh and when I hear young boy, I think of how in Japanese wrestling, they have what they're called young boys. They're just they're like, you're not ready to be a star yet. So we're going to put you in black tights and black trunks and give you all the same haircut. And we just beat the shit out of you. And so <laughs> you've taken enough damage. You're ready to go on an excursion somewhere and learn from someone else who's not us and then come back, uh, which is kind of like how high school works. Um I mean, in fairness, that's what I was thinking of, too. I just figured it would be too obvious to talk about it. Oh, yeah, clearly, it, so. clearly. Um, <laughs> CJ says, says something along the lines of, like, you're fucking young, you're 17. And he says, mm-hmm. well, how old are you? And she says, old enough to separate the men from the boys. Uh, and that's when I was like, oh, shit, I think I'm in love with CJ. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like she's got so much more character than I expected for someone three episodes into this show. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I'm worried. I'm so worried they're gonna ruin her. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean honestly, she's got more character than a lot of characters who have been around for a while. I know more about her as a character than I do about fucking Ben, for example. Well, nobody gives a shit about Ben. I, I, I don't think it's ever supposed to give a shit about Ben. I mean, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like CJ quite a bit, and I think she's doing, Pam, Pamela Anderson's doing quite a good job. Mm-hmm. But eventually they do catch up to the surfing gang, and Matt goes to try and talk to one of the surfers about the gang, but that surfer doesn't want to talk. <laughs> um, so they surf around a little bit, and then they get intimidated by the gang. The gang of just... Thin dudes and curly mullets. They're the most, like, redneck Swedish-looking motherfuckers. Like, hyper-angular jawlines with curly mops of blonde mullet. And it was such a very specific 90s surfer look. It's it, I, I want them to start an electronic band. Oh, God, yes. I, I would add, Now, that's the band called The Surfers that I want to see. I think, I think they should just be ABBA Jr., uh, Ooh. Which, I mean, there already was yeah. Abbott Jr. That was um, uh, A-teens. Oh. Because the A in A-teens standed for ABBA, the ABBA-teens. Do you know? I'd never even heard of the band A-teens. They, they did songs in my nose like, upside down, bouncing off the ceiling, inside. Oh. Yeah, that was a Sure, sure. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they did some, some stuff that seemed like ABBA, ABBA-like. You know, 
Sure. It has like a good ABBA beat and stuff. I don't know what happened to them. I think people just stopped caring about that kind of pop after a little while. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, they broke up in 2004. Aw, they broke um, up. Aw. Could be. Looks like. Could be worse. They could be like Ace of Base and realize they were Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> like literally Nazis. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I am still very upset about that. Yeah. You see, the sign was actually. Okay, I'm not going to go into it. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yup. Where in my notes was I? Uh, yes. We now get to see the captain driving in in a black Celica and gasp. She's a woman. Gasp. And that's basically the whole scene. She's a set of disembodied legs like in Fateful Findings. (laughs) (laughs) That's maybe one of my favorite scenes of Fateful Findings. Oh, it's so good. That was the only thing I knew about the movie going into it was a review where they said, look out for the woman who is only a pair of disembodied legs. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, well, you sold me. I got to see this now. And it was so much more than I expected. It's if dear, Uh, dear listener, if you like bad movies, movies that are so bad that they are good, watch any Neil Breen movie. But mostly, yes, fateful findings. Yes, is the purest form of green. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. God, I need to rewatch that. It's been a minute. I want to rewatch that, too. Okay, look, like, dear listener, Beef Boy, uh, <laughs> we, we talk about, um, you know, like, Cool Cat. And Cool Cat is, unless you're, like, really, really into bad movies like we are, like, it's, mm-hmm. Cool Cat's going to be rough as a watch. Yeah, Cool Cat is is nigh unwatchable. Yes. Yeah, Faithful Findings is like you can watch like it's still cringe, but you watch and you're like, okay, yeah. There's a plot. There's at least a movie there. <laughs> I mean, there is by Cool Cat standards, though. Yeah, I mean, Cool Cat. Technically, Cool Cat may be the worst movie I've ever seen, like in actual quality. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it, but it is. And, like, it actually is the worst movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, yeah, I, I would have a hard time disagreeing with you. Which is why I almost died laughing while watching that with Morgan the first time. <laughs> I just rewatched it again twice in the last couple weeks. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's still uh, still amazing. In every single way. Speaking of amazing, God's Not Dead 4 is coming out. Oh, I'm so excited. God's Not Dead is also a great movie series, uh, but only if you're not an evangelical Christian. Um, Yes. If you are an evangelical Christian, you might like the movie for the wrong reasons, which is that... But if you are, what the fuck are you doing listening to our podcast? (laughs) I don't know. You know, we, we just really appeal to that that part of the country um oh yeah uh side point uh there was uh, a very funny interaction on twitter where someone criticized us and the other baywatch podcasts uh of which there are about five. Oh yes uh, this thread uh and if you listen to any other baywatch podcasts uh you'll find this also interesting where uh this one was claiming that all of the Baywatch podcasts were critiquing Baywatch for the wrong things. 
in that, mm-hmm. like, how dare they not just be okay with, like, dudes basically jerking it to every woman that they see in front of them. It's just, just women want it when you, to you to just jerk at them. And I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and she specifically called out, there's a character from a season one episode, Fred, uh, that mm-hmm. he hated. Uh, it was played by Jeff Altman, who is just like, oh, let me touch your boobies, sort of kind of thing. And she's like, oh, what's God. wrong with let me touch your boobies? There's nothing creepy with that. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't say that. But basically, that's yeah. what he does. And she's like, you should just let him. It's natural for him to want to touch your boobies. It was truly the entire thread just smacked of, I have no idea what context means. Uh, and yeah, it was very funny. Because it's not like it... I think each tweet had sub two likes, so it wasn't like I felt especially called out. Right. But it was funny that in that moment, she was just like, all of the Baywatch podcasts have are, are, are operated by men, and sometimes they bring on women, and none of them know what women want. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I think what you're just saying is we don't know what you want from a TV show and podcast. Um yeah. And, like, to be very clear, there's nothing wrong with TV shows being horny. I like horny TV shows. I don't like fucking creepy-ass male gaze TV shows. Like, legit, we had a discussion on this podcast about different porn sites. Like, Yeah, exactly. We clearly don't mind or care. <laughs> we just are like, there's parts where it just serves no purpose in the episode. Uh, yeah, it's just annoying and it's just makes being horny weird and creepy instead of mm-hmm. being okay. So I had a discussion today in a in a Discord channel where someone's like, "There's there's a separate channel in there where uh, people are like, uh, they would post pictures of like hot celebs, or whatever, right?" And they're public mm-hmm. figures. Kind of the point of celebrities is that they're celebrities, they're famous, they're in things, right? But also that they have to keep up an image. Like, that's what Hollywood has decided, that they have an image. Sure. And because of that, it means that lots of people look at pictures of them. And because a lot of them happen to be hot, people are horny for them. Uh, (laughs) And so someone was claiming that the idea of people being just posting pictures and being like, I mean, that person's hot is creepy and being horny is creepy. And I was like, no. I disagree because there's nothing wrong with being horny. There's nothing wrong with being like, it's a hot person. There's a problem when you're just like, <laughs> doing things where you're like DMing a celeb and be like, uh, I don't know about you, but I'd let you take a chance with me. And it's like, now you're just being a creep. That's just weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just like commenting on, you know, like, going to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram or Twitter and saying, let me touch them boobies. Uh, that, <laughs> that's creepy. Don't, it's funny, but also don't do it. Uh, that's yes. such a cursed example. <laughs> it really is. Oh, God. I know I just want the idea, okay, this is, no one do this, <laughs> but I like the idea of everyone doing that to um oh uh oh uh god who's the person who is on oh there's a lot of people on twitter what am i talking about dion warwick yeah uh and just dion Ah. warwick just shutting them down or being like i'm great i know you wanna 
Um, because that's the kind of person she is. And that is... Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Hell yeah. But, yeah, the way this show does it is not great 95%. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Wow. We really... We, <laughs> we really took disembodied legs and went off on a tangent there. Us? Shocking. Mm. <laughs> yep. Never would have thought. Um, but let's let's reattach these legs to the podcast episode mm. because we're about to need a lot of legs because that's right. It's time for Summer to wrestle an octopus, uh, which is Ben's weird slang for running the switchboard. It's cool. Um, I like it. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um... And then our new captain shows up, and it turns out that Ben knows her, and so does Mitch. Ooh. And he's real mad at her because they used to date, and then they broke up. And Mitch goes to leave, but Ben tries to stop him, so Mitch quotes Casablanca at him, and then drives away. And this will be important later. Did you think it was weird that Stephanie—sorry, this woman's name was Stephanie Holden? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That Stephanie said to Mitch, I see you're still fluffed and buffed. Yeah, that was really fucking weird, and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And she also says it really seductively. Like, there's a lot of sexual tension between these two. I mean. Oh, yeah. They dated. Um, uh, but it, it's just so awkward. Like, that's the point. She says it was awkward, and she had known she would be transferred to Baywatch she wouldn't have accepted but it's also just like in a good way it's awkward i think yeah it felt very realistic like she's trying to like be cool and casual and give her ex a compliment but it just comes off fucking weird because what she says is you're still looking fluffed and buff that's more awkward than everything in cool cat yeah Uh, (laughs) i don't know about that the scene of Ooh, the scene of of Mama Cat and Daddy Derek flirting while they do dishes might be the worst thing I've ever seen. Or while Cool Cat goes, I love kids. Uh, it's like, stop, stop. Cool yeah. Cat. Or when Cool Cat, sorry, this is a Cool Cat podcast now. Cool Cat goes to the yard and goes, oh, look, a gun. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, Cool Cat, what are you doing? One of the lines my partner picked up and has now been quoting over and over uh, ever since the two of us have now watched it twice in the last week and a half um, because we had to introduce it to uh, their partner as well. Uh, And now he I think it's good that me and him both really like board games uh, because otherwise he would not forgive me for having introduced him to Cool Cat this early into knowing him. I mean, that's 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 a, that's fair. You can you can totally yeah. win a connection with someone via Cool. Oh yeah. Um, but there is a point where Cool Cat is heading back into the house with Maria, and he just goes exquisite. Uh, so now my partner has been yelling exquisite at me. So that's that's fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's. Re- <laughs> uh, I love that. Oh, it's really good. Oh, God, what a good movie. It's the best. Um, movie. It's the worst movie of all time and therefore the best. Absolutely. Now we get the first of many black and white montage flashback we, scenes. We started that. Uh, I want to say sure. that this episode's music design is insanely good um 
So, at least in my version. the Besides just the music that they pick in the montage, which we'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. B-roll music, like the background music, is so good to me. Yeah. I was shocked, and I was like, someone put in some real money on this episode because it's doing something for me. Like, the next, like, five minutes of this episode were such a joy for me to watch. Actually, the yeah. whole episode up up through this point and the next few minutes here are just like, besides like Matt and and Jimmy talking, was like, yeah. holy shit, this is an amazing episode um, of Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this. Sorry. Yeah, we get a we get a black and white flashback montage scene of Mitch and Stephanie flirting and dating. Uh, they originally met because she was accidentally in the men's locker room getting dressed. Uh, and her name is Stephanie and Mitch is in love. Um, and we just get a whole bunch of scenes of them flirting and dating and generally being cute together. And it's, I mean, like you said, it's genuinely very good. And at least in the version I watched, set to this real, like, jazzy soul kind of music that was great. It really, it's so interesting to me. Like, the Casablanca references throughout this episode, between the, like, black and white montages and the literal quotes from Casablanca, like, this is, like, a weirdly artistic episode in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of good. It is. I agree. Uh, It's interesting that you got jazz and soul, because the original version and my version both have crooner music, um, which is interesting. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of using, like, you know, kind of crooner stylings here. I think it makes yeah. sense. So, like, in the original... I think mm-hmm. crooner's probably a more accurate description of what I got. Gotcha. So then maybe you got As Time Goes By by Harry Nilsson, or maybe you got something trying to be that, like like mine, um, which was Heaven and Earth by Robbie Wyckoff, which was, I think, even better than the original version. Uh, wow. One of my favorite things... Uh, in music is what I like to call off-brand crooners. Um, okay. Which, because, you know, it's like the classic crooners, like Sinatra, uh, for example, have this, like, low pitch to their voice, right? They're very, mm-hmm. they're very like this. And the off-brand crooners have, like, a high-pitched voice, but still do the crooner stylings, like a much higher, you know, tone. And I love those ones. Um, I mean, I love Sinatra. I own, like, a few Sinatra CDs on physical. But, like, the high-pitched, off-brand crooners, I also <laughs> legit love. And that's what this is. I, I give this montage legitimately a, an, an A+. Like, if I, if I could give it higher than an A+, I would. I will listen to this. And I did listen to this multiple times afterwards. Oh, wow. Um, I want to give you the lyrics here, and I'd like you to read them. Sure. Somehow I never knew a love could be so true. I searched heaven and earth for you. What I felt in my heart, it was you right from the start. Once upon a time, I saw you in my mind. I searched heaven and earth for you. 
Like an angel from above, you filled my life with love, my stars, moon, and sun. You are the only one, and please don't deny that as the years go by, whether joy or in sorrow, I will love you tomorrow. We'll always hold on to these memories of our lives. I heard it in a song, and then you came along. I searched heaven and earth for you. A gift that came along, the melody to my song. I searched heaven and earth for you. You can't... I think that's the most effort I've ever put into one of these lyric singing things on Baywatch. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Thanks. It's uh, you know it, the the lyrics aren't bad. They just they seem no. to be, you know there are popular songs by crooners of old with lyrics worse than this. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, like the, the, yeah. Uh, oh, a great example like off-brand crooner. Did you ever watch Hey Arnold? Uh, a couple episodes here and there. They have a crooner in there. Uh, oh my god, what is the name of the uh, the crooner? Hey, Arnold. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dino Spumoni. Uh That's a hell of a name. Yeah, that they, they come up with. Uh, and he has two songs. Uh, one is... Sorry, he has three songs. One is You Broke My Heart. One is Don't Cut Me Out. And then my favorite, which is You Better Not Touch My Gal. Uh, which is just such a great... Like, the lyrics are, you better not touch my gal, or I'll pop you in the kisser, pal. <laughs> you better not even try, or you'll be looking at a big black eye. So listen good, YouTube it, hood. I'll give you to the count of ten, and if you're not gone by the crack of dawn, you'll never, ever eat. No, you better be discreet, or you'll never, ever eat solid food again. And I'm like, <laughs> that's basically the lyrical quality of a crooner song. Uh, and this is yeah. better than that. So I love this. This was insanely good. Like, this is a really, really good montage. Yeah. No, it was it was really well shot. It was beautiful. The music was good. I dig it. Good job, Baywatch. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that montage does end at some point. Yeah. Um, and now we get Matt chasing down the surfer he talked to earlier, and then the surf gang tries to intimidate him, and they all get into a fight. And CJ calls it into the headquarters and then goes in herself, um, and they scare off the gang. On, on a scale of one to Sonic the Hedgehog bar fight, uh, what mm-hmm. would you rate that fight? Um, you know, I thought it was a pretty decent fight. It wasn't amazing. There weren't nearly enough props. Mm-hmm. Um... And I didn't see a single hedgehog, which is disappointing it's to me. It's very disturbing. Right? Um, I I would give it a four, I think, overall. Oh, that's pretty... It's uh, uh, higher than I would rate it. Oh? I would give it a three. Uh, okay. Because uh, Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't know how to use a can. And uh, <laughs> his arms are kind of short, and he's a little too short. So I don't think it's True. realistic. To Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's the ultimate bar fight and the ultimate fight scene. So the closer you are to that, the better. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Uh, I'd like to uh, play a little game with you here, Morgan. Okay. Um, so one of the surfers, uh, they have their fight. One of the mm-hmm. surfers shouts, come on, guys, let's book it. Let's jettison. Um, first off, no one ever says, let's jettison. Uh, in fact, I checked. If Is jettison <laughs> a surfer term? It's not. Oh. But you know what is? What? Jacking. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> Morgan, what do you think jacking means? Uh, I'm going to say it's to steal someone's wave. Ah, uh, no. It's when the wave swells rapidly from deep waters to shallow ones. Ah. Now, Morgan, I have a few other terms surfer terms here. I took a look Ooh. at a bunch of surfer terms. I found a glossary. Yes. I'd like you to guess what each of these mean. I, I'll yes, tell you after, afterwards what each one means. So, first one you probably know, which is a Barney. Uh, I'm guessing it's like a like a hanger-on? Like someone who's like hanging around the group but doesn't surf? No. Uh, you've heard this term used before by Mitch's nephew? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, just kind of an idiot, right? It's like uncool. Yeah. Okay. A Benny. Ooh, uh, someone obsessed with jet planes. Ah, uh, great guess. Uh, unfortunately, no. But you could you could get there from that, which is a person who is not local. Really? Okay. Right. How about yeah, Chunder. <laughs> it's uh it's special underwear that prevents chub rub. <laughs> did you just say chub rub? Sure did. Oh, uh, Lyndon Chubbuck and the Chub Rub. Um Oh God. Uh it this is a direct quote. It means totally unsurfable waves. Um Ah What about clut? Clut? C L U C K E D, like a chicken. Clut. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say someone who talks better than they can surf. Uh, no, uh, you're, you're not incredibly far off. No. Oh, is it gonna be something where like a surfer gets married and now they're being held back by their wife or something stupid like that? No, it's afraid of the waves. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, that seemed too easy. What about <laughs> a grom? Ooh. Or a grommet. Hmm. Um. Someone who hangs on for dear life. Uh. Oh well. Th- this a grom would hang on for dear life. I have no idea. It's an inexperienced surfer. Oh. Huh. What about hang eleven? Not hang ten. Hang eleven. Um, it's when you get hard while you're surfing. You're not at all far off. Oh, no. Is it fucking on a surfboard? No, but you're you're around the same area. I don't know. Surfing while naked. Oh, okay. So I'm actually closer than I thought. Yeah. Huh. Here's one I think you'll like. Men okay. in gray suits. Uh... I mean, the feds? No. People who are, like, trying to shut down your surf spot? No. Think of it as a metaphor. Men in gray suits. Sharks? Yes. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Ooh, I like that one. I got three more for you here. All right. Morgan, what is a nug? Uh, weed? Mm, it should be, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's similarly, I guess, to what a surfer weed might be. What? It's, give, give a guess. Give a guess. What, what, uh, in the way that a stoner would be like, oh, man, that's a nug. What would a surfer say? Oh, man, that's a nug. Uh, the chicken nuggets, because they're full of protein for fuck? making your surf muscles strong. <laughs> Why would chicken nuggets make your surf muscles strong? Because they got all those proteins. Not that they're from McDonald's. That's just butane. That's just lighter food. <laughs> Though I do love me some McDonald's chicken nuggets. Like, who am I? Right? Um, a nug is a good wave. Oh. All right. Here's one I think you're going to love. Okay. Morgan, what is a Quimby? Ooh, uh, it's part of Massachusetts. Is it? Yes. Quimby, Mass... Quimby, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's also that... Uh, I, I don't know. It's a beginner who is annoying. Huh. Um, I wonder why. I, I don't know. I have no clue. A lot of these surf terms are, are really weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, my last one is one you might know, just from oh. television, which is... Sure. What is a shoebie? Uh, is it... Well, uh, I, um, I don't know. Is it when you drink beer from your shoe? No, that's a shoey. Right. This is a shoebie. <laughs> ah. Uh... Is it, um, someone who's really high trying to talk about Scooby-Doo? I wish. Ah. So that's a shaggy. Not this is a shoe. Oh. <laughs> is it is it um is it what Jerry Seinfeld's character in the B movie refers to himself as cuz he's wearing shoes? No, that's a B. This is a shoe B. <laughs> uh, I don't know. A shoe B it means two things. In Rocket Power, it meant someone who wears sandals on the beach or wears shoes on the beach mm. but it also means someone who owns surf clothing but doesn't surf oh okay yeah so a software developer i mean yeah <laughs> yeah so that has been our um learn some some lingo there's gonna be a one or two more of these a little bit later they're just one-offs cool uh but i thought that would be a little bit fun because surfers make no fucking sense <laughs> now i mean i agree now, morgan i'd like you to tell me about the next scene here uh so next up we get to see stephanie moving into her new office but by her office we mean the desk right next to mitch's <laughs> and we get to see what some more of headquarters looks like and we do get a glimpse of probably the most important text some might call it the bible some might call it the torah some might call it the Quran, uh, but I personally, call it the my nug. holy book, <laughs> <laughs> my holy book is a three ring binder that has written in, on it in Sharpie, lifeguard ethics. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, nothing stream lifeguard ethics more than going through someone else's desk. Yup, because that is what she does. She sees a bunch of photos of Mitch on his desk and starts going through his desk. And then she finds a friendship bracelet that she gave him. And we get another black and white montage. 
And this time he talks about how he's barely even divorced, but don't worry, it's not a rebound. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fancy dribbling and slam dunks. That was so and weird. That that went it on was too long. Very weird. They have good chemistry, but that part went on for too long. Uh, yeah, I also just didn't like the phrase "fancy dribbling and slam dunks." Do you like the part um, where she puts on the the bracelet on him, and he says, "Don't cut, don't cut off my circulation," and she says, "Well, according to women on the beach, I already have, and they're not happy about it." Yeah, that sucked. I didn't like that I, line. I didn't like that either. I, that's creepy. That's weird. What are you talking? Yeah, about? yeah. Did you give him a cock ring too. <laughs> Listen, you got to make sure that blood uh, stays so that you have a stabilizing fin in the water. Ladies, you got to bling out your boy to make sure everybody knows <laughs> he's off limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wedding rings are so 2020. Now we propose with cock rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could the sell, Zoomers. We could sell the Baywatch rookie school cock ring. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! We're, the Zoomers are calling it getting wet forever. <laughs> getting getting grom with your grommets. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But yeah. We get a very horny montage, and then uh, Garner is debriefing Matt, CJ, and Slade about the fight with the surf gang. And it's it's a pretty boring debrief scene. Not a lot happens. Jimmy's, uh, Kelly Slater is also a bad actor, so. Yeah, he's not very good. He only talks about surfing. Like, he, mm-hmm. like, wow, assault. And he's like, let me provide you a surfing metaphor, man. Uh, and so, just... Just to spoil the next scene here, as as an example, uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy says a line here, um, which actually, Morgan, I want to know if you can translate for me. I, I know what it means, but I want to see what you think it means, which is, okay, you should pull in the tube or you're going to get worked. I, I literally have no idea. This is when Summer's standing on uh, Slade's surfboard, right? Yes. should pull in the tube you gotta- or you're going to get worked. Uh... Is it saying that her center of gravity is too far off and so she's going to fall off the board if there was a wave? Yeah. But Oh wow. But the, if we use the the glossary to literally <laughs> translate it, it means you should pull in the barrel slash hollow of the board or you're going to get knocked off the wave and then get rolled around underwater by a wave when the wave then breaches against the, the mm. sand and then creates a secondary wave underneath it. And I'm like, ah, you can't you can't be doing this to me. Like, it's like definition. And in the definition, there's a def. There's another word that I need to define, which then has another two words. And I'm like, I don't want to be referencing this surfer glossary over and over. You can't be doing this to me. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, But Jimmy, Jimmy's just like, he's so boring. So some yeah. introduces herself to him and she says, hi, my name is Summer. And he says, oh, the ultimate California girl. And I'm like, no, she's not a dang and rompa character. Uh, <laughs> she has a name and you should introduce your name. 
And so she says, yeah. what's your name? And he just says, Slade. And she goes, that's it? Just Slade? And I was like, okay, well, the writing is already better this season uh, because that's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, and I'm glad that they were like, he can't fucking act, so let's make his character that he doesn't know how to be a person either. Um, and then he's like, oh, no, uh, Jimmy. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. hi, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> <and> he's, <"Hey." laughs> Did I do that right? Is that a good impersonation? I would say so, yeah. yeah. It's not any worse of an acting job than he gives in this episode, so. No, it's, the old, even Cool Cat's a better actor than that. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he at least cares about uh, his corner office, so, you know. He's able to bring that bit of motivation to the role. Wait, wh- wh- which one has a corner office? Cool Cat. What? In the beginning, when he's making signs with Maria and she lays out a blanket, he says, this will be my corner office and that'll be your corner office because they sit on corners of the blanket. You have the benefit of having watched it twice in the last few weeks. And that's why you- this is true. <laughs> it's why I can't forget almost any of that movie. Um, <laughs> I... I- Need to rewatch it. Um, that's yeah. honestly, yeah. I just, I'm gonna rewatch it. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Speaking of watching things, let's watch the rest of this episode, which we've already done. Mm, okay. But that way we can talk about it. Okay. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Mitch is at his place and he's on the phone with the lifeguard assigning person and he's trying to get Stephanie reassigned when she shows up at his door and he's mad that she broke up with him via note. Um, and she still wants to be friends, but Mitch is just too mad at her. And so she storms off eventually. Um, do you, did you pick a side in this? I mean, not especially like, yeah, it's kind of shitty to use a note to break up with someone, but Mitch is definitely, like, way fucking overreacting here. Well, I mean, it's a breakup. Sure. I mean, breakups are rough. Like, they're really rough. So, Mm -hmm. like, I get it. And especially if someone broke up with you by putting a note under your door. Like, who does that? That's just weird. Um, So I can imagine I'd be really angry because that's a ludicrous way to break up with somebody. Uh, so I, I get why he's mad, uh, but yeah, he is also very much in the, like, this isn't out of his character because we've seen Mitch be kind of like a weird, petty, angry before. So, I mean, at least mm-hmm. consistently written, um, but he does, he is a bit petty. Yeah, a little bit. Like, because, like, okay, like the scene is so awkward because, okay, so, so she knocks at the door. And she walks in and then asks if she can come. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. And she goes, uh, how's Hobie? And he goes, he's kind of summer cold, he's sleeping. And she goes, oh, so are you dating anyone in particular? And his first response is, why are you here? Yeah. Fair question. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, uh, she's there because it must be hard for him having someone he trained become his boss. Which is mm-hmm. a weird thing to just out of the blue say. Um, 
And then he says, you're not my boss. You're responsible for HQ. I'm responsible for the beach. Uh, which I was like, eh, it's a pretty decent line, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's a, he's really drawing a line in the sand. Uh, I, I'm alone in the sand. That's a Motorhead song. Um, <laughs> ah. Don't worry about it. Um, don't worry. I have many more music jokes coming up next episode <laughs> um, um and mitch says something about how he thought it was her style to walk away which is petty and so yeah then mitch said or she asked mitch about the friendship bracelet and he says i cut it off and threw it away the next day and then she pulls it out and hands it to him and she says i went through your desk and he goes why would you go through my desk which, yeah. Yeah. And she says, well, it means a lot to me that you kept it all these years. And he says, well, I threw it away in a junk drawer. Uh, and she says, it's a friendship bracelet. Can't we at least be friends? And I'm like, these are two people who do not want to see each other. Yeah, are clearly still very horny for each other. And I mean, they are both very hot. They're both very hot people. And they are struggling to be human around each other. And mm-hmm. I think it's well written uh, because neither of them say anything that a normal logical person would say, but they do mm-hmm. sound like people who are very awkward and don't know what to do in a social situation. It sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not terribly written, like especially because it is a weird situation that they're in where they're now being like forced to interact ag- again and in a like fairly close manner right um yeah no i i i think this episode might be good yeah um worry (laughs) i know um but there's only one way to find out and that's to keep talking about the rest of the episode um so now we get a shot of summer on her bike and we get some camera shots that are pointed uh directly down her top um on her way to slade's place uh and he's surfing, and she's in love. Uh, and one of the kids from the gang sees them and runs off to go tell the rest of the gang. Oh, oh, oh is that all part of the montage? Uh, I mean, there is uh montage. This is the montage. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Meet Jimmy and learn how to surf. I need you to read the lyrics to the montage. All right. Yeah, Morgan, this is <laughs> Summer Love by Dalton Sear. Uh, in the original, mm. we get Diamante. Whoa, I know how to read Spanish. That's not how that works. <laughs> Diamante by Zuchero. Um, mm. uh, and this song's, I don't like it. Um, okay. Uh, I don't remember it at all. I think you must be part of me. It's not hard for me to let myself fall. What we've got right here is all I need. You and open sea. Let's call the rest off. I want you all to myself. Let's watch the waves while we have the time. Baby, there's nobody else. I want this close in my life. Oh, the outside world can wait. We got each other and that's okay. No matter our luck, it'll always look up. This moment's enough. With my summer love, 
I can make the skylight up for you if you want me to. I'll do it all. I want you all to myself. Let's watch the waves while we have the time. Baby, there's nobody else. When you sing it like that, it makes the song better than it actually is. <laughs> that was my, my best Elliot Kalen yeah, from the Flophouse so impression. So Elliot Kalen, <laughs> and I, I love Elliot Kalen, so I love that. Uh, Thank you. The lyrics are not necessarily great, but they're not the worst. They're not fucking your brother. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's very generic. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that I literally didn't even remember there was a song at this point shows you how good this song is. Mm. Does it? I I would say so, yes. Mm, Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Um, anything else about this montage you want to talk about? Literally no. Cool. Uh, now we get to see that someone is in the ocean is having trouble, so Mitch and Stephanie are gonna do a rescue, and they rescue an old man who is having a seizure, um, and they save him, and it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's kind of nothing. Um, it's not necessary at all. It really isn't. Um, but then we get some more of Mitch and Stephanie flirting um, under the pretense of Stephanie wanting a letter of endorsement from Mitch, and she's sad that she ghosted him. Um, then we get to see the gang whoa, putting barbed whoa. wire Skip in the ocean. A lot of plot there. Oh, so he says, "I'll f- I'll sign the letter of endorsement if you tell me why you left me." And right, she says it was because she was married, and Mitch goes, "Excuse me." I'm like, how did you not? How, oh, how yeah, I forgot about this? that. And they have been separated for two months when she met Mitch. Again, feel like mm-hmm. something I should have known. Uh, yeah. And the night before she left Mitch, her, her ex, no, her not her ex, her current husband, pleaded with her to take him back and give their marriage another chance. And she did because she saw how shitty Mitch's divorce was, and she was like, that sucks, dude. I don't want to be like you. So... To go back to him and then she says it turned out she was wrong and they got a divorce a year ago uh which is like this is a very specific backstory you really were like i gotta sit down get my coffee and write down her backstory you know which they've never yeah. done before they're always just like no eddie has uh uh, he's he's the orphan, so he can give him there was a sixty back. There was a pool that didn't have the tile he wanted in it. Yeah, Shawnee is like, <laughs> I was rich. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Hobie's like, I died and came back as Lazarus. I now I'm <laughs> now I'm a demon. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, um. Yeah, next up, um, we, oh yeah, see the scene of the the surf gang at Tequila Bay? They're putting barbed wire in the water to try and stop people from surfing Tequila Bay. Um, Isn't that barbed wire and then, gonna, like, float away? Yeah, I wasn't really clear. They just seem to be kind of generally playing with barbed wire and cackling villainously. That's a great like, sentence. They just seem to be generally playing with barbed wire. <laughs> Besides pro wrestlers, 
who just generally plays with barbed wire. Right? Or Pam Anderson in the movie Barbed Wire, I think. Who generally plays with barbed wire? Nobody. (laughs) Or... I don't know, that wasn't wasn't your favorite toy as a kid? Just spools of barbed wire? I thought you meant naked Pam Anderson in barbed wire. No, it was... Well... Not... not, (laughs) Not as a favorite kid. toy as a teen. Yeah, <laughs> a kid, teen. You could be a horse yeah. on this podcast. Um, the, yeah, take that random Twitter user who probably won't listen to us. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, n- no, uh, I did, my favorite wasn't barbed wire. It was bleach. Mm. Yeah, just <laughs> love dunking my face hole into that bleach. Mm. Yim yim <laughs> yim yim. <laughs> That's what you do say after you drink enough bleach. It's not yum yum mm-hmm. anymore. It's just yum yum. Yep. Um, but now we get to have something a little bit more pleasant, which is that Mitch finds Stephanie's perfume and sprays it in the air and then has another black and white flashback not of more the two pleasant. of them together. No, he does have a flashback of them together. He has a flashback of her not showing up at the ferry. Oh, right. It's way less pleasant. I mean, it's about as unpleasant as huffing bleach but uh <laughs> it's equally as unpleasant as putting bleach down your your chunder <laughs> yeah i only wrote in my notes another black and white flashback um and we uh spoiler watched two episodes tonight and are recording both of them back to back so I, I don't remember what thing was in what episode. I, you can always assume that however long it takes to watch the episode, I took twice that time to write my notes. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm like, I, I need to know everything that happened because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once he gets out of the flashback, he starts writing Stephanie's letter and he leaves it at a cliffhanger so that you can't tell if he's going to endorse her or try and get her to be reassigned to another beach. Uh, and then Garner comes in and tells him that it's too early in the morning to do paperwork. And why are you sand boys always doing paperwork <laughs> so early? And Mitch is like, so you concrete people will leave us alone. Tells them pavement and- people. Pavement people, that's what it was. It's just worse. It's very stupid. Yeah. Everyone knows, every, everyone loves Pavement. They're the best band in the 90s, so I don't know Yeah, people are. Pavement, boys, man. Yeah. Pavement had such songs such as... Do you want me to do this, or are you doing it? Pavement songs. Had such songs as Cut Your Hair, yep. and Kennel District, and Gold and... Painted Soldiers. Uh, I don't actually know anything about Pavement. Oh, I owned all of their albums on physical. I love Pavement. Oh. No, Pavement's legit one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm. Yeah. No, they're well shit. They're they're fucking great. Uh but that doesn't mean you have to like them. And it also doesn't <laughs> mean that they're better than Sand Boys. Actually they are. Uh, so in my mind it's all of Pavement's discography up against Darude's Sandstorm. Um, mm. I'm going to pick Pavement. I think I got to go Sandstorm. That's fair. I understand. They're, they're at the same level. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, you know, it's half a dozen of one, a baker's dozen of the other. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know idioms. I mean, that's not an idiom. That's just math. 
Uh, yeah, that's just quick I maths. I don't know math. <laughs> I have a degree in finance. You don't have to use numbers yeah. in that or equations. What? <laughs> uh, all you got to know is that the quicker you invest in NFTs, the better it is. I was just listening to, I think it was our episode with Jamie, where we were talking about uh, from last season, where we were talking about how, oh, yeah, the NFT market's finally going down. And I was like, wow, that seems like so long ago. <laughs> it really does. Uh, but it doesn't stop WWE from releasing uh, 10,000 John Cena NFTs in the last two weeks. I hate everything about that sentence. People are buying them. <laughs> of course they are. And and they have an extra special one where it's like, if you pay $10,000 for this John Cena NFT, you can then meet John Cena backstage if you also bought a ticket to this show. <laughs> Which I'm like, that is sure. so smart. Like, that is legit smart. Uh, because if someone actually does, you are already guaranteed money from them. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is be like, you paid to get in this show, walk with me. Done. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's genius. It's stupid. And I hate the fact that it's destroying the environment. But it's smart in a capitalist sense. Yeah. Yeah. God. Um, but yeah, at this point, we go back to Slade uh, teaching Summer to surf. When the gang shows up and Slade tells Summer to leave, but she doesn't want to. So then they have a surfing contest. Uh, The gang pulls the barbed wire up to catch Slade. And then he's in the barbed wire uh, just as Garner and Mitch show up. And so the Garner arrests him and Mitch and Summer go in to save Slade. And then the gang leader threatens them all as Garner bakes him away toys um, why? Okay, wait. So, unless I'm skipping around. So they they, mm-hmm. they came in with the scarab, right? Uh, yeah, they come in with the scarab and they come in with a truck. Right. And and the scarab has Numi, CJ, and Matt. But yeah. why is he there? He's not a lifeguard yet. Yeah. I think he was probably just already on the boat. Mm, in a wetsuit? I mean, how often are you just like, I'm always in a boat in a wetsuit. I'm just prepared. I mean, but he is explicitly training that part of being a lifeguard with CJ. So it doesn't feel impossible to me. Yeah. But in the future, in the next episode, <laughs> we're in the past. So I don't get it. Yeah, that I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. This show. I didn't think about this, that. This show could learn something from Josh Kirby, Time Warrior. It's true. In terms of, they need to learn what time it is. Yes. They need to learn how to time do an episode better and learn what to not time don't. Or what to... We have to time move on from this. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Stephanie wants to know if Mitch is writing her a letter of time endorsement or time rejection. Ooh. Uh, And he makes her read it after she keeps saying, are you sure I can get this close to your desk? Uh, And it is a glowing endorsement. She she also says, have you run out of venom? Mm -hmm. And that's like, okay, so I may have talked about this one before, but one of my favorite moments in all of wrestling is one where uh, they're interviewing The Rock. 
backstage, mm-hmm. and The Rock is about to have an inferno match. And the idea of an inferno Ooh. match is just that you have a ring, and they set up like pyro on the outside that just shoots out flames. Uh, and the goal is someone gets lit on fire. And it's usually okay. always the person who isn't bare-chested who gets lit on fire. I wonder why. Makes sense. Um, and th- the match, it's, it's always horrible because it actually cuts off the oxygen, right? Because it's flames, mm. right? So you can't do things. Uh, right. So they interview The Rock, and they go backstage to go, Rock, I have one question for you. Are you ready to enter hell? And I'm like, mm-hmm. who who asked that question ever? It's not like you go to a <laughs> dentist's office and they go, um, I have one question for you before we start. Are you ready to enter hell? <laughs> you know, and that's what this makes me think, where it's just like, have you run out of venom? Like, yeah. Who can't, wh- whose life did this improve by you asking this question? <laughs> Why did you need it, to ask this? Just let him read to you the goddamn endorsement. I think it was supposed to be flirty, but it it definitely did not come off that way. One of my friends recently said that she thinks deep down all men have a has a have a shame kink, uh, hmm. and I was like, mm, I disagree because I like I dislike it when people are mean to me. Um, but maybe <laughs> she and Stephanie Holden agree. Could be, could be. Maybe it's a time shame king (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that brings us to our last scene which is the two of them running on the beach flirting and then Mitch says another Casablanca quote it's the start of a beautiful friendship oh they cut that out of mine oh interesting yeah it it ends with uh, Stephanie it's going to be the start to a beautiful friendship um, which is the ending line of Casablanca. Um, so, and I actually kind of liked that it was this weird book ending of classical cinema in Baywatch. So in my version, they play the last five lines or the last. Mm-hmm. It's not five lines. It's five lines out of the way I ordered the subtitles. The last part of that first song you sang. So we see them running and you just hear the crooner come back saying somehow I never knew. Oh, be so true. I search heaven and earth for you. And then it fades to black, which I'm also like, that's very artistic as well. Uh, Yeah. And I just no. this has like a little bit of dialogue between the two of them. Nothing exciting. Just them like talking about, I'm glad you're back and it's going to be good. And here's a line from Casablanca. Either way, this is a pretty arty episode. Uh, Yeah. In fact, Let's talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about this, a podcast. We're two men. Thank you. <laughs> um, before we get into our ratings, I'd like to read to you Sandcrab722's rating, which is... Please. Um, I don't understand this literally at all. So okay. you will have to translate it for me. All right. Okay, he gave this a 2 out of 10. Huh. And says, Tequila Bay Bites... No worms, no cactus, Mexican booze, tots AWOL. Skinny new Baywatch babe done me wrong. Mitch, Mitch's bummed bum. Even Summer's squids ratchet. Gigawack borap. And that's all he says. So he's mad that there wasn't real tequila in the episode and that 
Alexandra Paul is too skinny? Is that what he said? I don't know. I, I think so. I don't. What is Summer Squid's ratchet? I think it's supposed to be him complaining about the switchboard. <laughs> the switchboard is, isn't switch enough. <laughs> I literally haven't. That's the only thing I can possibly think of. I, Either that or like, so like squidding in motorcycle culture is like riding without appropriate gear and just generally being an idiot. Um, but I don't think that applies here. So I have no idea. And I don't think summer is ratchet. Um, I don't think that'd be a fair description at all. Yeah. Well, I think it's saying that her squid is ratchet. And the, the only thing we get that's close to a squid is Ben saying that operating the switchboard is like wrestling an octopus. Yeah. Um, so, and then giga whack bore ep. I can get boring episode at the end. I don't know what the fuck giga whack means. I think he, I guess really whack. Yeah. Like weird. Okay. I do want to say just in general from now on giga whack bore ep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a scale of one to 10 where one is good. No, or one is gigawack bore app and ten is good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna rate it a good bad episode. Uh, <laughs> is it a bad good? Is it cre- scarifyingly? It's, it's spookily snorifying. <laughs> <laughs> spookily good bad. Uh, so on a scale of one to ten, where one is discovering love is dead, and ten is discovering you have. A gold prospecting 49-year uncle left you a gold boot in his will. Uh, Morgan, where would you rate this? Yeah, I am... I've gone back and forth a little bit, and I think... I think I'm going to give this one an 8. Um, I thought it was generally very good. There was nothing that especially bothered me. I thought the Slade scenes were not great, but they were still better than a lot of other episodes that we've seen. Um, and just overall, you know, the the weird arty montages were super fun. Um, and it's not something we've really seen in Baywatch before. And I like the weird book ending of the Casablanca quotes. Like, that's such a weird choice for this show. But it was fun. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give it an 8. And I am going to say that an 8 is the experience of running into your ex who you had a bad breakup with, but it turns out that actually everything's fine. And uh, let's be honest, you two are probably going to fuck at some point fairly soon. Yeah, but then what happens after that? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to find out. Well, do you get back? To, how can you rate an 80 if you don't know if you're going to get back together with them? <laughs> well, because, you know, sometimes it was just really good with that ex. And so even just, you know, one night of passion is still worthy of an eight. No, it's not. Because then it's just <laughs> awkward afterwards. And then you, like, develop weird feelings for them. And then you have to deal with all that fallout. I, Maybe. I don't know. That's a weird eight. I, I can't I can't abide. <laughs> the dude. Just how, about, how about you, Michael? What's your rating? So I'm also going to have to give it an eight. The the scenes between wow can't wait to hear what a real eight sounds like. Well, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, but the Alexander, sorry, the Stephanie and Mitch scenes 
themselves mm-hmm. were a nine. And the Jimmy and Summer stuff and Matt were like a five. Uh, yeah, but the, I think I would agree with that in general. But I think that I, I averaged that down to an eight. It's not actually an accurate average, but... Uh, but based on the amount of screen time they have. Sure. Like, the like the, the Jimmy stuff was like, it's not offensive, it's not great, it's just, just whatever. Uh, but I really like the Stephanie and Mitch stuff, and I think it was really well done. It was really artsy, I love that. Uh, and I texted Morgan early on, I like the first 12 minutes I was like I think this is like one of the best episodes of Baywatch Um, and I do think it is one of the best episodes of Baywatch in that like an 8 is is high for us Uh, Mm -hmm. given the last season which sucked (laughs) a lot yeah Um, we had our highest high in that episode but we also had our lowest lows so yeah, technically our lowest low was armored car, but there's worse. Mm. No, we did. I don't know. Episode of zero. We did rate episode of zero. Yeah, I was gonna say we've definitely had worse than armored car by this point. Armored car at least wasn't fucking absurdly racist. Right, right. But it could have been. Would that improve mm-hmm. it? Maybe. No, it wouldn't have. No. Uh, <laughs> no. It would have been like shit. Now we have to pay attention to this episode. Uh, so it would have made it also worse. Um, so yes, an eight. Uh, an eight is twice the rating I gave Donda by Kanye. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did. Not, I listened to all of Donda. It is twenty-seven tracks, an hour forty-eight minutes long. Wow. It is basically Kanye talking about how he loves Jesus, but he is also mm. Jesus, and therefore he loves himself. Um, it is wacky. There's that. Um, no one's. We're not joking when there's an actual sample of the, I am the glob 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 the shbeka peka 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 You know that video? <laughs> you know what I'm talking? About? I yeah. I I saw it in the context of of this album. Yeah. So, but it's only sampled for six seconds, and I'm like, this is a ripoff. Uh, so I just have to listen to. I'm not a big fan of like pop rap. Uh, and mm-hmm. green rap, really. Uh, so it's a lot of stuff where I'm like, I, I can tell these tunes are probably bangers, but they just don't do anything for me. And the lyrical content doesn't do anything for me. And it's so long. Like, there's multiple songs that are like eight minutes long. And the last song on the album is 11 minutes long. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be. You can have an eleven-minute song, but it needs to be like a seven out al- a seven-song album, not twenty-seven songs. And the last <laughs> one is eleven minutes. It's it's horrible. So it's double Donda. It's Donda Donda, Donda squared. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Donda were three fourths of the length, they might actually be an eight. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. Probably gave it like a six. Uh, yeah. But so. The experience of watching this episode is like Donda Donda. <laughs> All right. That's a real eight, that, Morgan. Yeah, that's that's the real eight over mine. <laughs> At least mine doesn't leave you asking more questions. I suppose that's true. Uh, but Morgan, let's let's talk about the next episode. Yes, let's. Um, so our next episode is called Rookie of the year 
It's baby <laughs> Thank you. of the year. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, the next episode does not feature Bart Harley Jarvis. Uh, oh, such a shame. Such a <laughs> fuck you, Bart Harley Jarvis. <laughs> Calm that woman down. Uh, uh, we're talking about. I think you should leave, uh, as we always are. Um, Rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So our Baywatch wiki description is. The lifeguards compete against each other to determine who is the best. Stephanie and CJ move in together, but things get complicated for both of them. Which, technically, yeah, that's accurate. Uh, Yeah. The INDB description is Summer and Matt begin rookie school to prove themselves. Problems Mm -hmm. arise with Summer, afraid to make a peer jump. And Matt wondering if he's lifeguard material after being put down by his self-serving screenwriting father. Meanwhile, CJ and Stephanie end up as reluctant roommates, and their different living arrangements quickly drive each other up the wall. Also, Ugh. What? I hated that plot line in the next episode. Oh, well, well no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. I, I love parts of it, and I hate parts of it. Um, also, Guido Torsini. Uh, oh, yes. Bumbling Italian janitor tries to get everyone to yes. notice his work when he cleans out the messy offices and classrooms at Baywatch headquarters. If you can't tell, uh, I think we have the opposite opinion of a lot of the reviews I read, and we love Guido. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll get tired of Guido, but we love Guido. Um, so... I mean, look, look, look forward to that. Yeah, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, we've both seen the episode, and I won't say anything more than that. You'll just have to wait for the week after this if this episode ever comes out. You know, who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, pull a Donda and just never release. Maybe we'll pull a Donda, and our publisher will release the episode on our behalf and then we'll complain that we spent all this time living in this football stadium recording this album with the glob 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 uh and mm-hmm. manson and we weren't ready yet for that perfection and they're like mm, you just gotta release it buddy and so they do yeah also i want to make the joke that is very stupid which is that never releasing sounds like me in high school um what? and that's all that's all i needed to say what i don't I don't, it, never mind. We can move on. I don't. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I don't get it. But okay. Because, um, like, like sex. What is sex? Like releasing. What is sex? <laughs> oh, what you're talking about? I can't. Believe it. <laughs> you see, it's wrong for men mm-hmm. to be horny. Yes. According to the one Twitter user. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we just can't, I can't, I can't. Wait, no, weren't they arguing that it's wrong for men not to be horny? Here, you know what? Screw <laughs> We're going to talk about it. I'm going to read, we're going to read this tweet, okay? Okay. Okay. I listen to podcasts about trashy TV. How dare you? Big Watch is not trash. Mmm. Shut up, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It is track. It's fun. It very much is. The most fascinating ones might be about Baywatch. A couple of British guys did at Baywatch Pod. 
who are not the true Baywatch podcasters, because we are. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're cool guys. Hey, guys, if you actually listen to our show, I don't know, reach out to us or something, maybe we'll do something. Um, mm-hmm. They always complain whenever Baywatch showed sexy bodies egregiously. It happens a lot. To their credit, they stopped. To their credit, they stopped watching. That's why we're the best because we will never stop watching because we have no. Because <laughs> uh, obviously, in the two hundred plus episodes of Baywatch, there are several hours of gorgeous bodies running in slow motion. If you don't like that, then you will obviously stop watching. But if you keep watching and keep complaining, you're probably a hypocrite. Hashtag vanilla shaming. Oh boy. Yeah. My data includes all the English speaking Baywatch podcasts I could find. They are, and let's give them a shout out because you know what? Fuck it. Uh, there's uh, Baywatched, a podcast that has uh, zero followers and is following zero people on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but they have their uh, their Twitter tag is Baywatch Two. There's the Baywatchin podcast, uh, who haven't tweeted since 2017. Um, there's Baywatch Watch, which I'm kind of jealous of that name. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. A podcast that uh, hasn't... Oh, no, they, they've been releasing episodes, uh, and they seem to actually have, like... I mean, we have cool people. We just don't have famous people. Uh, you know, we have Reeves, <laughs> who's kind of... Yeah. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have the Baywatched pod, who does follow us. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, and shout out. They are, uh, you know, the British podcast so i do know that they follow us on twitter so maybe we'll tweet at them and see if we can do something about it uh, mm-hmm. and then there's uh this stupid one it's called rookie school pod baywatch rookie school Ugh, sounds terrible it sounds so horrible i'd never willingly record an episode for them um altogether they- i also do like the one that we're the only one that doesn't include baywatch in our podcast title yeah i mean i, I like our name uh, except our podcast title is Baywatch Rookie School. It's just not in our, our tag. Oh, in our Twitter handle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, whatever. I don't care. We weren't thinking about it. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Altogether, there are 12 or 13 male podcasters, though at various times, they're joined by one or two women. All <laughs> five of these podcasts have the same format. Watch an episode and talk about it. Only two have ever done more than 30 episodes. That's us. Uh, sure is. Uh, it's us and Baywatch, isn't it? Because uh, they're on season four. No, Baywatch is on season two. Oh. I think it's... One of them was on season four. I think Baywatch Watch is on season four. Oh, okay. Uh, Baywatched is season two, episode eight. Oh. Yeah. So they're way far behind. Come on, Brits, catch up. I know you're busy with fucking Brexit or whatever, but <laughs> I know you're busy, you know, uh, taking over Pakistan. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, guys. That's that's a yeah. I take that. No, I don't. Um, no. So I'll start with an example from early in season one that is all the, the all of them are rev- have reviewed. The episode "The Drowning Pool" has a character named Fred. Four of the five podcasts including us, describe Fred mm-hmm. as a creep and a perv, which he is. Uh, because he is. The podcasters, <laughs> none of the podcasters defended Fred or said anything positive about him at all, because we don't have to. What exactly yeah. did Fred do to deserve being condemned like that? Um, 
written that way. Incident number one. Fred was acting as a lifeguard, and this lovely young woman, not necessarily to say, approached asking for help with was probably a heat stroke. Apparently, Fred noticed that she had a gorgeous body, and that is simply not tolerable. Hashtag vanilla shaming. Uh, no, what oh happened my God. was he stared at her breasts, I was, and then uh, was not a lifeguard. He's like, I'm going to help you. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, he's clearly like, oh, man, I could get the fuck. Um, yeah, he lied to a woman uh, to get her to like him while she was in potentially life-threatening danger. He's a creep. Mm-hmm. She says, goes on to say, we've all been to the beach, and we've all seen very sexy people at the swimming pool. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? what? That's a little bit of projection, but okay. We've all seen very sexy people at the swimming pool, but noticing that makes us creeps or pervs? How is a momentary sensation of completely normal sexual attraction a perversion? Hashtag vanilla. God. That is not at all what is happening in mm-hmm. this show. Uh, if they nope. just weren't like, uh, that person's hot, would have been like, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. There's there's very respectful ways to be horny on a television show, and they do it this episode with Stephanie and Mitch. It's just the, like, shitty male gaze that's so much of this show falls into uh, apparently more has been added uh so would you like to mm. more sure okay she says incident number two in this thread that is titled incident number three so that that part's a little bit weird um mm. uh but so there's two parts this thread. one where she goes on to describe what she calls vanilla shaming uh which is uh we gleefully joining uh this all the time uh it involves talking as if some totally normal, harmless behavior is unacceptable. We eat vanilla ice cream. We love it. Uh, we. It's up- also, it's just weird because vanilla has a very specific term when it comes to, like, sex and kink. And to try and redefine it to that is very stupid. Ah. Speaking of kink, she says, we put a lot of time and energy into rallying against kink shaming and slut shaming, but I'd say vanilla shaming is just as harmful and more prevalent. Um, Which is... No. Which is what's especially weird about it, because again, vanilla has a meaning in those contexts that is not this. Like, and, and it's especially infuriating because that is a problem in the kink community, but it's not this bullshit. She says... How many millions of women watch young George Clooney, George, yeah, young George Clooney on ER and thought, I'd love to make love with him. I know I did. Are all those completely normal vanilla women evil creeps who need to be ashamed for having thoughts and pure things about a very sexy man? No, because those are real people and not characters written in a show. Um, yes. Vanilla shaming thread. Remember that four out of the five podcasters described Fred as a creep and a perv? Here was a second incident, which was strongly condemned by the podcasters, uh, in which Fred just watches Shawnee in the shower as she's rubbing herself. Um, uh, yeah, because that was fucking creepy. Yes, it's true. Fred saw a gorgeous, sexy young woman and had the gall Ugh. to linger an extra second to admire her beauty. This is even a perp. Um, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> It does. Never mind the fact that hundreds... Okay, fuck. This is going to get fun. Um, we, 
we're still doing fuck it okay never mind the fact Mm -hmm. that hundreds of millions of people worldwide tune into the show precisely because they thought erica leniak and lovely women like her were worth gazing at fred's behavior that doesn't make the audience not creepy too fred's behavior was completely (laughs) normal in every way there is no question that is yes there is a question agree to disagree oh no okay okay this next is weird Three okay. of the podcasters in my sample even raised the question, is Eddie asexual? What? What? After seeing this scene. Um, okay. Because Eddie what? was at work. He sees his colleague Shawnee in a swimsuit all the time and he was impatient. Is asexual Eddie normal or is Fred's sexual attraction normal? What? Wow. I'm going to take a wild guess here, cause, especially because I believe they mentioned they're in the UK at one point, and say that they are a massive fucking turf. Yeah. Uh, I like... Not I like to think so. I just... I think so. Yeah. Why do we almost universally feel the need to declare Fred a perv and condemn his actions despite the fact that we as voluntary viewers of the show are ogling Shawnee just as much as Fred is? Fred can't control his... I, I love and hate this word because I, I struggle to pronounce it. Libin, libid, libidinous. Libidinal? Libidinous. A libidinous. Feelings. Yeah. But some way find him disgusting for not hiding them properly. Fred was too honest. It's like, Oh my god. This is a great sentence. It's like the old days. <laughs> what? When everyone knew that married couples sleep together and fuck together, but society must pretend that erotic urges simply don't exist. What we are witnessing what? is the rise of neo-Puritanism. <laughs> so I don't disagree with that, but not for the reasons that this thread lays out. They are enforcing neo-Puritanism and their taboos through hashtag vanilla shaming. Oh, Quote, I'm a podcaster who was planning to watch 300 episodes of a show famous for showing lots and lots of sexy bodies. But I also simultaneously will never admit that I like these sexy bodies because that would be creepy and pervy. This is we, why we literally do that all the time. Yes, uh, <laughs> Heather, if you are listening, you have not listened to our podcast. Um, yes, because uh, besides the joke that I am the Puritan and mm-hmm. Morgan is the horny one, that we play as a character on this podcast. Well. You do anyway. Well, yeah, the, the joke of the character <laughs> is that I shame you yes. for it. Yes. Uh, when it's not that, it's not wrong, but it's not what makes it horny. Or not, but being interested in people does not make them pervy. What makes it pervy yes. is the male gaze and the camera shot and the writing of it to just use mm-hmm. them as fodder to be sexy. Uh, yes. You can have sexy people. You can have sexy mm-hmm. symbols. What you were writing about just seems very, uh, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, fair. I mean, I, I basically, you know, I, I think it's my guess would be that this is someone fairly young 
um, who is maybe going through puberty and uh, is trying to figure out what consent and appropriate behavior means. I don't think they're young uh, based on the rest of their Twitter, but... Uh, maybe, oh, okay, maybe not. I didn't see anything other than the thread. It just felt very much like a sheltered 15-year-old uh, like rebelling by being like, uh I know my parents say it's bad to have sex, but... No, it's not, and which I agree with, but taking it to the, you know, complete extreme of it's never wrong to express any sort of sexual attraction towards anyone ever. Oh, uh, which, oh, oh God. Sorry, I, I just found a mm-hmm. thread from them where they use pictures of Baywatch to defend a point about the age of consent. Um, oh, no. Is, so, yeah, they're definitely a turf. Ask 100 men or lesbian women which of these people they find attractive. One of the actresses uh, was 16, oh. another was 27, which is which. Uh, and it's it's so wild. Anyways, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I thought it was funny. But, like, someone actually just bothered to interact with us. And I thought of yeah. the type response, <laughs> and then I deleted it because I was like... Nah, nah, I don't need to be doing that. I can just keep my Twitter about wrestling, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't need to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's, uh, that's been Tequila Bay. Has it? (laughs) Um, let's see, we did descriptions of next episode. I guess all that's left is to say thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snot Snit. S N O T S N I T. We'll see you next week and uh, just remember don't be a turf. Hips, lips, and fingertips. And yes, yeah, seriously, don't be a turf. Yeah, fuck it's you. a fucking shit look. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, it's trans rights. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, oh yeah.